Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Heidi ho boys and girls. We're back to our regularly scheduled show. This is Chad and Cheese, HR's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Sowash. On this week's episode, iSims buys a Trojan horse, Walmart adds a little sugar to make the layoff medicine go down, <laughs> and HiQ, you like that one? And HiQ gets some good news regarding its epic battle with LinkedIn. You don't want to miss a second, but if you do, we can still be friends. Stay tuned after this word from our sponsor. Chad, there are a lot of employee review sites out there. We've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. Uh, and we've talked about how they're sort of starting to specialize. Uh, one such example is uh, review sites specifically for females. Really? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I, we don't we don't freak with them because we're not women, but they are out there. Uh, it would be it would be really weird. Probably, probably. My my wife might ask some questions. Um, but uh, they are out there, and there are two that are that have been pretty prevalent for a while. One is called In Her Sight, mm-hmm. uh, and one is called Fairy God Boss, yeah. which are specifically for women. So right. they talk about the glass ceiling. They talk about pay equities, you know, anything, harassment, all that stuff. Okay, yeah. so it takes yeah. it from that viewpoint. Well, there's another site out there called Women Hack. Okay. Uh, and so this is for women that are technology focused. Ooh, man, that's, there's going to be a lot of flaming going on there. There could be. We've talked a lot about the programming culture out there in Silicon Valley that, yeah. that sort of uh, permeates everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and this site is out there for women to talk about specifically technology and jobs and bosses at these companies and technology. Oh. So, so anyway, it's a lot to keep up with. Monitoring these sites is a real headache. So you might want a tool to help you monitor all these sites, which is why I created Ratedly. Uh, Ratedly goes out and monitors about 15 uh, employee review sites. You don't have to do it. It does it automatically. Our little system goes out there and does it. We bring them back to you on an easy-to-read dashboard, and we'll also uh, alert you when new reviews come in. Sounds great, right? That's more than great. I mean, can you imagine the people that you don't have to do this administrative shit that everything just comes together? Look, we talk a lot about employment branding, about yeah. managing that system. You can't manage something unless you measure it and monitor it. And readily is there to help you do that. Now, how much would you expect to pay for such a service? $10,000 a month. A month, a year, a month. Okay. <laughs> well, surprisingly, our price is only one forty-seven per month. For us what? to do that. Yep. And we're building in some analytics uh, that's going to be released here in this month, early next month, that we're really excited about. Um, so, ratedly, if, if employment branding is important to you, if monitoring all these sites and growing is becoming mm-hmm. a hassle, uh, look to ratedly and solve that problem. And especially for Chad and Cheese listeners, uh, use the coupon code Cheddar and you can try us for just $1. Cool. Uh, if you don't like us, cancel us and you don't have to see see us ever again. Yeah. But it's pretty risk-free. Check us out at ratedly.com, R-A-T-E-D-L-Y.com. Again, that's coupon code Cheddar, C-H-E-D-D-A-R. 
Yeah, I'm going to try to talk you out of that dollar thing because the whole $149 a month is super cheap as it is. So if you're out there and you want to try try ratedly, I'm going to try to talk Joel out of that dollar kind of coupon code thing. <laughs> so you better use that shit quick. And I could be talked out of that for sure. So anyway, <laughs> use it while it lasts. Cheddar, a dollar trial of ratedly. Boom. All right. Let's get to the show. Let's go. Um, big news this week. Huge. The biggest news by far. And January is usually slow, so this was nice to see. But iSims, mm-hmm. uh, ATS, uh, Susan Vitali's been on our show. Uh, we love her. Yeah. Um, acquired Text Recruit, who we've done a, a webinar with yes. uh, in the past. Yep. Um, this was a big acquisition. Um, I have some thoughts on it. We don't know how much they paid. We do know that uh, Text Recruit got three million in funding last year. So if they got 10x, then you know this is a thirty million dollar deal for them, which is nice. Um, they'll be a standalone company, haha, for ISIMS <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Um, but what do you think about this deal, Chad? I think it was a no-brainer. I think we knew that Text Recruit was going to be acquired somehow. So I mean, we've been talking about Text Recruit and just Text Recruiting overall uh, for months, uh, and and there's no question. I think it's it's incredibly smart uh, for iSIMS. There's there's no question. Um, and then you have to take a look at how smart it is for a company like Next. Uh, because they're already integrated into that text recruit system. Uh, they're already implemented into it. So it's like they have a user base or prospective employer base or, or customer base that is going to be just add water. I mean, so mm-hmm. if you've partnered with these types of companies, um, it, it just it just makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. So, I mean, big ups to, to text recruit to next. I know Monster uh, just uh, just released that they're going yeah. to be partnering with them. So, I mean, yeah. shit, man. I think, I think it's, we talked about that in the last show. Yeah, so I think it's it's a it's a good plan all the way around. And and again, Eric and crew they've been growing uh, out there on the on the West Coast. This is this is something that you just had to see coming, and there's going to be a lot more of this happening. Yeah, good for them. I think I think it's potentially quite a a Trojan horse for iSims to have. Um, TextRecruit has done a cr- fantastic job of being sort of the go to brand for text messaging mm-hmm. and you know, communications with candidates and they're integrated with everybody. Um, and everyone, you know, most people that do text messaging are using text recruit or using their, their, their underlying technology. Uh, they have a great API. I know, you know, next solution is I think driven largely by text recruit. Um, so they are the, either the underbelly or the uh, underpinnings of a lot of these systems. And, you know, once, if iSIMS ever wants to put a fat toll on all these other ATSs to use their text messaging service, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really dangerous thing for most other ATSs. I think there's a question of is is this just a feature or is it an actual product? Um, I think in most cases I would say it's a feature, uh, but it's not easily replicatable. No. In other words, you know there are legal hurdles to text messaging. Mm-hmm. There are things in like a glo- from a global perspective that are challenging. Um, and if I was a, if I was a competing ATS, I would be looking at who are the competitors to text recruit and canvas who I think we've talked about on the show. They're actually based here in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. If they're, if they're not getting calls from ATSs and job boards about, you know, acquisition or what's, you know, how can we partner together? Um, then, you know, I would be shocked at that, but text messaging is the future. Email is dying. 
in mail is not as effective um, as as text messaging by far. Right. Uh, this is the wave of the future. This is how millennials, as much as I hate them, uh, communicate. <laughs> Everybody, if you're, not, if you're not if you're not recruiting in this fashion, you're yeah. in trouble. And you know, High Sims did a very brilliant thing in buying these guys. Yeah. And we'll see how it plays out. I. I I don't think it's a warm and fuzzy. We're going to let them operate as, as they have for the next, you know, forever. I think mm-hmm. eventually it'll be rolled into ISIMS and they'll have it exclusively as an ISIMS product. Um, and all the other ATSs who don't have it will be screwed. Yeah. I think it's smart for ISIMS to obviously have uh, different features and, and different types of dashboards and things like that that are integrated into ISIMS. But I think it would be a big mistake if they cut it off to other applicant tracking systems, because there there's a huge revenue base there that mm-hmm. they would be cutting off. So that makes no sense whatsoever. I think it's smart from them and from a strategic standpoint to be able to take a look at products that uh, can prospectively generate revenue outside of their system, outside of ISIMS itself. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's definitely one way they could go, but there are a lot of ways that they can pull the levers to, make it beneficial to use ISIMS. So you could say, Hey, oh, yeah. if you're, if you're an ISIMS customer, you get text recruit for free. Yes. Right. So there's an incentive to use ISIMS because they're partnered or maybe the integration is better, or maybe they have features, um, that the other partners don't have mm-hmm. because they're, they're, you know, they could, they can make it better. They could incentivize people to use ISIMS <laughs> for a lot of, in a lot of different ways. They don't necessarily have to just cut it off for everybody. Right. But it'll be interesting to see how they leverage this new toy because this new toy is is, is a hammer that's pretty powerful. It, um, and we'll see what they do with it. It is. It is. But every single thing that we think about, though, is going to be attached to revenue. And the broader base of revenue that they're going to be able to tap into, it's there, man. It's there. Now, what about the – like you're talking about Canvas. And we also heard about the job line this week. Yeah, tell us about the job line news. So it seems <laughs> very, very smart for them that uh, we saw an announcement. So recruiters and managers can now reach out immediately via text, uh, via job line. Um, and, and, and they're one of their big focuses, which is very smart from a texting standpoint, is they include in a fully compliant manner. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they're, they're adding these different aspects to their platform. And, uh, and again, why the hell not? It just makes good sense, especially if they're looking at, you know, I really don't know Jabline that well, and I don't know if they're looking to prospectively be uh, acquired this year, mm-hmm. but this would be one of the things that would be primary on a roadmap uh, to be able to, yeah. to kind of fill out a platform. And they, they, they highlighted uh, sort of the hourly worker, the service worker yeah. in their service. And if you're looking to hire that, that sort of demographic, text messaging is paramount because these are younger folks uh, that may not even have a computer, that may not even have an email address. That's literally a thing now. Like oh, yeah. younger people don't even have email addresses. Or if they do, it's like because they go to school and they have one, but they never use it. So mm-hmm. uh, recruiting young people in this fashion, like if you don't have text messaging, you're not even going to get you know to them. So uh, kudos to these guys for realizing that um, and, and launching it. And we remember a few months back, we talked about uh, Cielo and their high volume product that they put together. That was a lot of that. The engagement piece was based on text. A lot of it was right. based on text. 
Can I interject that I love uh, CLO's song, uh, Gangster's Paradise, before we... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Coolio. My bad. Never mind. Yeah. No, it's close, Never though. Mind. It's close. I know it's early. You need some more coffee. Now I'm going to have damn Gangster's Paradise in my in, in my brain all day. It's not bad, though. Not bad. You could have Weird Al's version in your head all day. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of no coffee, we totally skip shout outs. And we should do those because everybody loves a shout out. Should we push them? Let's okay. do, yeah, let's do shout outs. Sorry, guys. Tell us a story about Sling TV. Oh, Sling TV. All right. Totally uh, has no connection to the show whatsoever. But um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a cord cutter. I've cut the cord for over a year. Um, we were on Sling, but we moved over to DirecTV now for the reason that they had local channels, um, more local channels on mm-hmm. DirecTV now. So we went on. And it's kind of been a shit show, like a lot of buffering, a lot of like non-clear picture, uh, which we can only sort of attribute to DirecTV now because we don't get it on Netflix, Hulu, or any of the other services that we use. So anyway, uh, during the national uh, football title game, um, it was cutting out. I wasn't getting to see what was a pretty good game. And so I tweeted out, DirecTV now is, is, I think, poop emoji. And then I said, I got to get back on sling. You got into it somehow. Yeah. I always try to troll you as much as I possibly can on Twitter. Yeah. Troll Chad trolls me all the time. Uh, stalking. And so sling sent me a, sh- a tweet, sent me a shout out and said, you know, welcome back or hello, which was kind of cool. So quick shout out to sling. Uh, thanks. Appreciate it. It was, it was my, it was my genius of my bye, bye, bye gif that I threw out there and they came back with another gif. So yeah, they were giving us a lot. That was good stuff. That's what <laughs> happens. Even outside of the recruiting industry, uh, Chad and Cheese yes. are, are very powerful on the Twitter. But you know, the recruiters at Sling, <laughs> the recruiters at Sling are tuning in to the show for sure. Oh, oh I, I know it. I know it. So yeah. So before we get into the hashtag stuff, I've got to say, you know, a hey, hey, Philly, I love you. Yeah, I know I gave uh, Saquon a bunch of shit because uh, I don't think he's going to do a lot in the NFL. Hopefully he does. Hopefully he does. Um, But uh, let you guys know that I'll be rooting for uh, the Eagles tomorrow against the Falcons. There's no question. The Colts, obviously, are not going to be out there, even though they, from what Joel says, will probably be taking Saquon. Um, But uh, hashtag Chad and Cheese on Twitter. Uh, Our buddy Jonathan Zilla. Uh, gave us some love, loved uh, last show, Ed, giving us some shit. Yeah, we love you, Ed. Corey, Corey Capner, man, he's he's hilarious and he's he's totally bullshitting us. Um, he says, uh, "Love the podcast. Podcast using your episodes to help train new hires. Those are going to be some of the dumbest new hires." Oh, I got I got to get. That's got to get the gun, man, because that company is going in the toilet if they're training new new uh, new employees with the show. I got it. Uh, so freaking funny. Monster was giving us love. So Monster, it's hilarious. Nobody has said anything good about this company probably for what do you say two three years? They haven't said anything. Not good, bad. <laughs> no, I mean people saying things about Monster. You know, I don't. I don't think that they've seen anything good. And then uh, we've provided a little, you know, prediction thinking that, you know, with this new leadership that they're coming in with, with a uh, new owner, Ron Stodd, that, yeah. that I think, Joel doesn't think, that I think that uh, this could be their year. So thanks, Monster, for the tweets. Love it. Chris Chris Cho out there, uh, big fan of Monster oh, yeah. and uh, uh, yeah. Penny. Uh, don't know her last name. Queller. 
Love it. Chris Russell. Yes, the pod father. Definitely get a shout out, man. Uh, we'll see you in Dublin. Uh, Nancy from Philly. The job board doctor literally tweets at us about 20 times while he's listening. Get a, get a life, doctor. Jesus. Yeah, we love you, man. No, don't get a Just continue, man. That's good content. <laughs> And that's all I've got for the hashtag side of the house. Like I said, Philly's representing out there. I know we have different pockets throughout the United States who are listening. Philly brings it. Shout us out. Hit us with the, the hashtag. And uh, maybe, maybe that's all the, I got. Maybe it's the next connection out there in Philly that, that really uh, puts us on steroids. It could be the next connection. Tech.ai conference. I know they're on the yep. list. Tell us about that. They... They're on the list February 12th in sunny Arizona. That's where you want to be. Uh, you can go to you can go to you can go to chadcheese.com. We've got uh, actually a banner that's there. You can click on it. And then we have a discount code. Damn. Um, discount code is TA Tech 10. Spell out 10. T-E-N and then the number 18. Yes, it can't be harder than that. TA Tech 10. Number 18, TA Tech 18. Uh, and then we're going to be in Dublin uh, for TA Tech Europe, March 13th and 14th. And that's around what time, Joel? Um, well, I can't get over the fact that my Wi-Fi password is probably shorter than the coupon code. <laughs> Less difficult to remember. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, what's your question again? Uh, what that time frame that we're going to be in Dublin, what's happening around that time frame? Oh, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patty's Day. Yes. So if you are in Europe and you're listening, you definitely have to be there. I mean, that's a given. That's a hop, skip, and a jump, for goodness sakes. But if you're in the U.S. and you definitely want to be able to enjoy some St. Patrick's Day, not to mention some TA Tech, this is perfect for you guys. So check it out. Go to tatech.org and uh, register. Chad's trying to get me to do kind of a Lord of the Dance thing uh, in our session, and I'm not sure I'm ready for it. However... There's enough Guinness in that country to maybe make me change my mind. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> All right. We're done with shout outs. Bing, yes. bing, bing. All right. Thankful, T-H-I-N-K-F-U-L, has, is in the news. Tell us about them. Okay. So Thankful. This is, this is actually off of T Tim's prediction. Tim, if you guys listened to the prediction show, and you should have, um, just a couple of shows ago. Uh, he said that in 2018, companies will be hiring people without degrees, more of hiring people without degrees, degreeless talent, right? And uh, Thinkful is a coding boot camp. So instead of getting degrees, you're getting these certifications, you're getting the knowledge that you need to go directly into an organization without getting a four-year degree, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they just raised $9.6 million in uh, Series A fund. Um, they, they're nearly at $16 million right now. But uh, if you're looking for full stack developers, data scientists, uh, front end developers, these guys train them up. And from my standpoint, just being on the workforce side of the house um, and knowing from an economic development side of the house for, from, from business, you know, you have to be able to look at building talent pipelines beyond just going to uh, a school. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, especially when you take a look at the unemployment rate today. And I think this is something where um, Thinkful uh, is charging, I think, like $15,000, $8,000 or something like that for some of these courses. Um, companies would be incredibly smart 
if they engaged with Thinkful and uh, they started pipelining these candidates in, paying those fees and getting uh, the this talent on contract. I mean, it just... It, it's it's all right there in front of our faces, but for some reason we want to do things the old fashioned way. We need to get out of that shit. We need to start doing things um, which pipelines candidates. It much seems better. like we're going to be getting away from the sort of four year degree or I have a college bachelor's, and success is going to be defined by do you have the most up to date skills in sort of these bite sized educational systems online, almost like mm-hmm. badges like. You'll, you'll need this certification or you'll need this, this cause yeah. like most people that are in four year colleges that are learning computer science and coding and all that, like a lot of that stuff right. is going to be irrelevant right. in 10, 20 years. See, yeah. But what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that you can't expect somebody to come out job ready. Yeah. You can't, right? Not to mention you go from company to company to company. They have um, different kind of nuances on what they want you to learn and how do you want want them to learn it. So that's why when they pop out or they're just available and ready and they want to be able to do this, companies should be pushing this. So they should be pushing these these training programs and then pulling talent in for, like I said, three-year contract. Who knows what it might be? But this is exactly what the military does. If you look at how the military runs, you pull them in, they've got a job, they go through job training, and boom, they've got a job for three years, four years, whatever it is. Now, it can be obviously much easier than that without a drill sergeant yelling at you, but uh, it just makes a hell of a lot more sense. You're pipelining your damn talent straight into where you military. need it. But yeah, these guys should be contacting companies to give them bulk deals on educating, you know, every anyone that they need to sort of keep sharp on these systems and new technologies. But yeah, I, I like this trend and I think it's going to happen. I think we're, what's interesting is how it affects the traditional four year, you know, two year college um, and the value of that mm-hmm. degree. And I think, you know, what Tim thinks and I think you agree as well is that we're going to get away from that being so valuable. And frankly, it's so expensive to go to college today. Oh, dude. Do you know what Stanford's <laughs> endowment is? Right I do now? not, but you have kids that are looking at these things. Yeah. This is why I know $22 billion. <laughs> That's what their endowment is. It's ridiculous. And it is totally tax-free money, right? Yeah. So anyway, that's an entire different subject, but that's why shit's going to change is because it's too expensive, number one, and number two, because we can't get the skills that we need fast enough. Companies are going to have to start playing a role in this. Um, They're going to get the talent that they want and they need. Uh, Well, we got a lot of stuff to go through, so let's uh, take a quick break and hear from Sovereign, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit of a ripple in the Q versus LinkedIn case. Google. Lever. Intello. Monster. Jibe. What do these companies and hundreds of others have in common? They all use sovereign technology. Some use our software to help people find the perfect job, while others use our technology to help companies find the perfect candidate. Sovereign has been the global leader in recruitment intelligence software since 1996, and we can help improve your hiring process too. We'd love to help you make a perfect match. Visit Sovereign.com, S-O-V-R-E-N.com. For a free demo. Hi, Q in the news, sort of. Yeah. Um, okay. Neither one of us are lawyers. I'm going to try to uh, paint this picture about uh, what happened or what the case was mm-hmm. about. So, right. Ramini Street, 
I've never heard of, but they're they're in a case with Oracle, who most people know, and they essentially provide a service that would go in uh, and log in automatically, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to going in manually, and they would download materials from Oracle's website and then bring it into their company's whatever client's dashboard or whatever. So ultimately, the case was. They were automatically going into Oracle's uh, software, automatically downloading stuff for their for clients. Uh, Oracle didn't like this. They they said that their terms of service disallowed this thing. That was their court case. Uh, the first time they won, Oracle beat Remini Street. Right. Uh, however, there was an appeal. Uh, the latest is Remini Street has been okayed to do what they were doing and that Oracle could not sort of rely on their terms of service as saying that's how people had to behave on their website, that there were bigger laws or bigger uh, freedoms at play, uh, not just corporate sort of, you know, here's, here's what's allowed and what's not. So anyway, uh, this is important in recruiting uh, because of the high Q LinkedIn case. Um, It does create some precedent of mm-hmm. another company going onto another company site, automatically doing something, whether it's getting content on a publicly available, by the way, site, um, and making that okay. So we'll see how this plays out. Obviously, this whole year we're going to talk about Hi-Q and LinkedIn and what happens there. But the, right. the Hi-Q, the Hi-Q family seems to be pretty excited about this case um, against Oracle, and they think this is going to help their case against LinkedIn. Well, and it should because Remini Street, I mean, they actually had to go through a login process to get the information. Now, the information was paid for information um, from their client, mm-hmm. so their their client was going to have access anyway. They were just facilitating, making sure that they had um, the information that they felt was necessary to support their client using Oracle products. Yes right? Makes sense. I don't know why Oracle is even wasting their damn time. This seems like a huge waste of time. But anyway, they're doing it. Oracle has lawyers. They pay a bunch of money for lawyers. And what do lawyers do? This is kind of stupid shit that they do. Um, But from a high Q standpoint, yeah. I mean, everything that they're pulling is all public data. So yeah, I mean, these types of, I mean, we we talked about another organization uh, a couple of weeks ago that is, I mean, they're starting to band together and we're starting to see, I think, a trend Mm -hmm. in in the courts understanding uh, this whole internet thing, right? Because we're using using, uh, dated regulations from like 20 years ago, which is all bullshit. So yeah, no, I think this is really good for uh, Mm -hmm. HiQ. And, you know, again, if LinkedIn wants to get off the naughty list, they need to quit doing (laughs) stupid shit and creating uh, terms of service that, you know, much like Oracle are bullshit. And they go they go beyond actual uh, regulatory statutes have. They were on my nice list, by the way. If you haven't listened to the Naughty Nice podcast, you should. (laughs) uh, One of our better episodes, I think. But yeah, I mean, there's. There's going to be some precedent around this. This is big stuff. These were laws written in the 80s that have really very little relevance um, to today's world. Um, and this is just getting yeah. the shakeout is happening and it'll have ramifications to a lot of businesses. And uh, I think we'll be, we'll see more cases like this that will help or hurt Haiku's case. Um, but yeah, we wanted to bring it to our listeners' attention because it is something that we've been talking about uh, quite a bit. Go Haiku. All right. Uh, you can sing your uh, <laughs> your 500 mile song. Uh, 
<laughs> this news inspires Chad to sing really bad '90s songs. Yeah, who? Yeah. Wait a minute. I think I think on record you have sang many more '80s and '90s bad '80s and '90s songs than I have on this pod. Yeah. So, uh, Harvard. Tell us about Harvard. Uh, so Harvard got four point two million dollars in Series A investment. Uh, that's newsworthy in and of itself. Now, what I what I think is yeah. interesting. Um, and this is your lane more than mine, but they are really pimping their service as a, as sort of an unbiased way of recruiting. So they, uh, you know, they have all the buzzwords that they need, automation, AI, (laughs) deep learning, blah, 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 to present clients or or not clients, but candidates to their clients, uh, that are bias free. So they don't look at sex, age, uh, color, creed, religion, whatever, um, they take that out of the equation. So to me, I guess what's interesting is, can we can we become a more diverse workforce through automation and AI? Well, yes, I say, but there are things that need to change. But I'd, I'd also like to call out, this is another Tim Sackett uh, prediction where sourcing is dead because AI is starting to do that. And this is one of the reasons why it makes sense for machine learning and AI to do it because it takes, I would say, a good amount of the bias out of of sourcing. So yes, I think this is something that is is definitely brilliant for a, an organization like like Harvard to uh, to to be able to to kind of pivot off of and angle in off of. Um, but really, none of that's going to change until we can totally understand that our job descriptions and the way that we actually go after clients, the actual talent pools and, and, and the different sites that we use are already biased. Mm-hmm. Take a look at the job descriptions. We, we talked about uh, that on the prediction show too. Job descriptions that have four-year degrees on them that should not have four-year degrees on them. That's automatically creating bias, socioeconomic bias. Okay. So if you're in talent acquisition out there and you haven't even thought about this, shame on you, first off. Second, get that shit off of your job postings and understand that you are impacting the diversity of the actual candidates who are prospectively qualified, mm-hmm. says your basic qualifications, which are bullshit. Um, and that's why, one of the big reasons why you're not getting diverse candidates. Okay. So that's, th- those are big pieces. So technology can't help everything because humans screw shit up no matter what. We've got to fix those, those guidelines, those guardrails, and then AI can help out more. I think uh, Harvard's smart in being able to, to try to spin this. And I think there are more companies that are out there trying to do the same thing. Um, but until we fix our behaviors and the stupid shit we've been doing for years, no technology is going to fix us. How soon before you think there's a solution that creates incredible bias in their sourcing? <laughs> I think it's already out there. It's called human beings. But yeah. I'm saying like <laughs> at some point they'll say like, only recruit male, you know, fraternity member, whatever, you know, whatever that is. Right. Yeah. Well, you see, okay. So you see today, I mean, you don't see that any, you know, you, I don't, I've never heard of it. So it doesn't mean that it it doesn't exist, but you don't see companies that are saying, Hey, look, let's go after old white males. Bullshit. Because we, Facebook is under some scrutiny about people advertising on Facebook for age, ageism and other shit. So, but they're doing it the other way around. What they're saying is, and the, the guy who was bitching and moan about it was an old white guy because he was being kept out of 
uh, seeing some jobs that he felt he was qualified for. But the thing is, and we have to understand for, from a company standpoint and from an advertising standpoint, outreach targeting mm-hmm. is that we know that we want, we, we want to be able to have a more diverse talent pool. Right. Sure. To be able to do that, we've got to go into some of these some of these different uh, platforms like Facebook and MicroTarget for younger, uh, for maybe different regions of, of the United States or what have you. But Facebook isn't allowing that, which which I think is bullshit. Well, regions may if there are areas that are specifically, you know, a different yeah. uh, demographic. Yeah. But I, and I'm not even saying that it's it's evil. Um, or that it's like on purpose, mm-hmm. but that kind of buy, like, seriously, at, you can advertise on Facebook by age. Do they have a college degree? Uh, what are they interested in? Um, age, like there's so many things you can, that you can segment by. And I think ageism is part of that. Anyway, we're getting off topic, but you could, as, as, as great as it is that you can source and take out bias, mm-hmm. you can also source and put in biases. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how this, how this plays yeah. out. You know, you definitely have to be careful. You have to be careful. And I think this actually rolls into a little place called Iceland, doesn't it? It does. But I do want to interject real quick. Uh, Tim, I, I believe was on suicide watch last week because the Buckeyes destroyed his number <laughs> one ranked, uh, Spartan. So Tim, we hope that you're, you're, you know, un, unclutched in the corner, uh, and you're feeling okay after that that embarrassing yeah. loss. So yes, let's go to Iceland, shall we? And I don't have a good uh, MP MP3 peg for or MPEG for that. So uh, let's just big applause for Iceland. Iceland did something very cool uh, this recently. What did they do? They made it illegal to pay women less. This is coming out of a, a New York Post article. So on Monday. Iceland became the first country in the world to force employers to pay workers the same rate, regardless of gender, sexuality, or ethnicity. And and the two words that I think are are very prominent just in that quote is force employers. And why is that? So what, what do you mean? You don't like that? You like that? No, I think it's, I think it's bullshit that, that employers should already be doing this in the first place. I mean, to be able to force them, as we hear, it's an equal opportunity, you know, employer, or it's, it's, they've got, they've got diversity and inclusion on their website, or they've got all these warm and fuzzy bullshit pages, um, campaigns. It doesn't matter if that's the case, right? We've been talking about this for over a decade. If you are this, this equal opportunity employer, then you shouldn't be forced to do any of this. You should be doing this already and it should be fixed, period. That's all there is to it. So, and I have to, you know, I am giving Iceland props, um, but there's still the forcibly piece of this happening. And you know why it happened. Here's why it happened. (laughs) Iceland has nearly equalized the share of women in elective office. That's why. They're about 50, 50% men, men to women in, in office and 40% of the seats today in local government and national legislature are held by females. That's why shit's changing in Iceland. When you take a look at our Congress and it's a bunch of old white dudes in most cases, that's our issue. That's our issue. So this is a plea from you for more women to run for office. Yeah, no question. And, and I think we're seeing a lot of that as well. But I mean, you can see 
how things change. And unfortunately, they had to force employers to go there. Employers should automatically know that paying somebody less and, and females in, in Iceland were being paid 14% less uh, who were doing the exact same job. That's wrong. And you need to fix that shit. And if you know it's wrong, fix it. Amen. I got nothing else. I, I think I think this is unique to certain like countries, um, particularly socialized countries. Mm-hmm. This could never happen in America, for example. I mean, not never, but not in our lifetimes. Just there's too much commercial interests. That's that. Like you, you could not make a company pay someone the same because of capitalistic systems that say we're negotiating by the individual. You can do it for government stuff, but for private industry, I just don't. It, that's already happening, though. <laughs> it's happening in, by the OFCCP is actually enforcing these types of standards. Um, they understand that. And, that, and there's actual empirical data that demonstrates that women are poor negotiators when it comes to salary uh, versus yeah. men. And when you start to see the the change in trajectory of what that means 10 years down the road, if everybody gets a 3% raise, right? If a man's automatically getting paid a couple thousand dollars right out of the gate higher than his female counterpart, what does that mean 10 years from now, right? So that's where the huge disparity happens. That's where we understand where the issues are at. We do. And that's where we have to take a look at compensation and we have to look at it through, unfortunately, uh, the office of the, the OFCCP. And, And I mean, they're the enforcement group of the Department of Labor. So this is happening whether you know it or not big government blah 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 you don't you don't want to pay females fair that's that's all you man <laughs> I, I just i just man <laughs> just because taking sex or anything out of it just because someone has the same title um doesn't give doesn't shouldn't make a a employer pay the same amount for the same job title right i mean p Certain people are better than others, even though they have the same job, right? Just because I'm a point guard on a basketball team doesn't mean I'm as good as Kyrie Irving right, right. or Isaiah Thomas, right? But because I have the, the title point guard, mm-hmm. I should get the same amount of money. Right. Like, it's just, just un-American. Well, like, it, I understand. It, like, un-American. Okay, so that's funny because our military actually has a pay grid that's specifically focused on that. Well, that's government. Everyone goes in at the same time. They all get the same training. I mean, it's not the same... Thing. If if I go to a if I go to Purdue versus the University of Phoenix online and we're both whatever title like it, it's just I don't know I just think it's such a gray area in most cases um, anyway in a perfect world yeah it's communism and everyone has a title and the government says hey you're going to do this job and I just think it's 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 um, it's a very touchy issue and people are sensitive about it. But to me, it's the world should be a meritocracy. And if you're the best at it, you should be paid the most. And if it's in demand, like the market forces should should dictate the pay, period. I don't care if, what color, what sex. If you're if you're the best and it's in demand, like you're going to get That's paid. That's where bonuses and performance come in, right? Sure. So, I mean, th- there are there are different triggers that you can play with that. But we're talking about base salary. We're talking about base salary. And if you want to try to confuse fairness with communism, that's entirely up to you. <laughs> anyway, let's get out <laughs> of this landmine ridden uh, landscape and let's hear from AJ, which is a great segue from what we just talked about. That's exactly right. <laughs> 
America's Job Exchange is celebrating our 10th year as an industry leader in diversity recruitment and OFCCP compliance. We've been helping our 1,000-plus customers comply with OFCCP regulations that directly support positive and effective diversity recruitment designed to attract and convert veterans, individuals with disabilities, women, and minorities, and empower employers to pursue and track active outreach with their local community-based organizations. Want to learn more? Call us at 866-926-6284 or visit us at www.americasjobexchange.com. Go to the Chat and Cheese website, click on their logo, boom, it'll take you there. So much quicker. <laughs> Chatcheese.com. Man, yeah. politics is so it just entrenched today oh, in hiring and news. And it's, uh, I don't know if I like it or not, but anyway. Uh, some tax cuts came through, new tax mm-hmm. policy, Republicans uh, here in the United States. Tale of two cities this yeah. week. Uh, we had Walmart announce an increase in uh, entry-level salary, mm-hmm. which was, ele- was previously $10 an hour. I think now it's $11 right. an hour. They have some new bonus structures, and they're paying people out. And they're, they're sort of saying the tax, the tax policy has dictated this. I'm pretty sure someone important, president, made a call to the CEO of Walmart and said, Hey, we want you guys to do something and make this thing work. And so like, I'm sure they were inspired a little bit, like a lot of other companies, AT&T and whatnot that gave holiday bonuses. Anyway, that happened. But then we also had on the other side, Sam's uh, Costco competitor, Sam's club lay off or close 80 stores. I'm trying to remember 63. Yeah. So from a PR standpoint, this is, this is where it's really bad form for Walmart. They go out and they want to say, Oh, yay, taxes. And it's great. And we're saving money and we can pay our employees a dollar more. Um, And then on the back end of it, they, quietly try to shut down 63 Sam's clubs. They're, they're, they're actually individuals who are showing up to work <clears throat> and uh, the doors were locked. So, I mean, this is where, you know, if it, you're, you're trying to mask, you know, so, so and, and don't get me wrong. I understand the scale of a million employees. Um, this is business, mm-hmm. but to try to pull these both together, have a huge announcement and then try to just maybe in your Twitter account, throw out a tweet, and this is just not way, the way to do business. No, the so the optics on this are awful. Yes. You know, this this feels like the old uh, you know a little sugar makes the medicine go down <laughs> thing, right? Like we're going to throw some sugar at the the PR gods, but then we're going to hopefully get little attention on this medicine that, that's going down. Mm-hmm. Um, I I tend to think that Amazon is at the uh, is sort of at the heart of yes. all this. Um, and I think that Walmart is gradually going all in on Walmart, um, and the Sam's club. And I think to a certain degree, they bought jet.com, uh, about a year ago. So I I think that is something they want to focus on the online component of what they're doing. But to me, Sam's club, Costco is already doing it and doing it pretty well. And I think the bulk stuff with jet uh, which is owned by right. Walmart, you know, maybe that's more of a focus for them. I think laying off people sucks and closing, you know, places down mm-hmm. sucks. Um, but to me, it's this is probably more market force. 
uh, than just pure evil by the Walmart oh, yeah. folks. Well, it's not. It's not that it's. It, it's not that it was evil. I mean, business is business, and you've got to do what you've got to do, right? But don't try to mask. Yeah, the optics suck. Yeah, don't try to mask it with something. You know, that you're giving a, a dollar bump to everybody. Don't try to mask that shit. Here's the thing, and and I, and I agree the the change with Amazon and whatnot. But I also believe as you're 100% right, as they're focusing on the Walmart side of the house where they're gaining traction for individuals who shop without actually going to Walmart. And this is this is actually what Julie does. And she loves it because she hates to go grocery shopping. Um, and so it, she, she hates to go with me because it takes me forever. But uh, she goes online. She buys everything online. She shows up. They fill the back of the car. Uh, she signs off and boom, she's home. She doesn't even have to go in the grocery store. And there's a ton yeah. of, uh, there's a ton of, uh, of traction that's actually happening there. You're still buying local, you know, all those different pieces. Um, so I think Walmart's looking to try to no question pivot. You just, again, optics don't, there's not enough sugar to make this medicine go down when you try to hide this shit. I think we should end on that. <laughs> We out. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single show. And check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit HireDaily.com. Oh, and you're welcome. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.